All right, how are we doing, Trace? How are we doing this morning? How's everybody feeling? Everybody feeling good? Beautiful Colorado day. Man, it's beautiful out there. But right now, we're so thankful that you're in here. So I want to say welcome to all of you in this room. Also, welcome to those of you watching online. Also, meeting uh, new people that are coming here for the first time. And if I haven't gotten the chance to meet you quite yet, I'll be out at Next Steps when we're done here today. If you're not in a hurry, I really would. It'd be honored uh, to love to just shake your hand and say, welcome to Trace. And so if you're not in a hurry, stop by and visit me at Next Steps. Well, how many of you guys would like to, let me back up and say this, we're concluding, let me get it out, we're concluding a series called Church Hurt today, and I want to ask, how many of you guys have appreciated this series? How many of you guys have appreciated it? Hopefully you have. Um, man, we've heard so many remarks and comments and things that have been shared, some hard things that have been shared, and then last week, uh, Dr. Trent shared with us, that was a phenomenal message, I got to watch that even though I was out of town last week, I got on YouTube to watch his message, and I, I heard that my hair made the sermon last week, or my perfect hair, as he mentioned. It. And I'd love to return the favor, but Dr. Trent doesn't have any hair, so I can't do that. Uh, oh, yeah. See, that's what happens, Trent, when you start something. Um, but we really are honored uh, that you're here today as we conclude this series. And again, so many of you have shared where it's like, man, thanks for being a church that doesn't hesitate from entering into the fray that doesn't hesitate entering into the tension. And I need to let you know that that's one thing you'll always have in me as a pastor. Like I don't hesitate from going into the tension. I didn't step out of a really good career and into ministry so that I could come and entertain you guys on Sunday. No, I come here every Sunday because I wanna educate you in the direction of Jesus. And so I wanna pray for us right now because today is going to be a sermon where we're gonna enter some tension. And it might even make some of you uncomfortable. And so I want to pray for us right now, and then we'll dive in. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for giving us such a clear example in your word of what it looks like to follow Jesus and what it looks like to make the gospel first. And all of us probably at times in our life, as we'll probably see this morning, have gotten out of alignment with that. We start to make our passions and other ambitions and agendas our primary focus. So God, if we've been out of alignment in any of this today, God, I pray pray that you would bring us back into alignment with your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So once again, we are always going to embrace the tension that we often see, whether it's things going on in our society, whether it's things that we need to acknowledge as a church. And if you're new here to Trace, like it really is our namesake. Just give me a moment and I'll explain it to you. Uh, We get our name Trace by putting the words truth and the word grace together. In the gospel of John chapter one, Jesus, or actually John says that Jesus came full of both grace and truth the fullness of both. And what you have to understand, and we've done this long enough to tell you this is true, that when you try to represent both of those, when you try to represent both the fullness of grace and the fullness of truth, it gets messy and there's tension. When you're trying to reach people who are really far from God and they're a broken mess, which is really the, really what the majority of us, and then you try to stand on the principles of God's word that are clearly defined, it gets tense. And so what we've done to make sure that we keep that in front of us always is we took the words truth and the word grace and we put them together to get the name trace. We thought about grace and peace, but Greece didn't have the same ring to it. Tension. Tension is a regular part of our lives. But most of us, if we were to be honest, would say we spend a lot of energy trying to avoid situations and conversations that revolve around tension. And if that's been true for you, I bet this last year has been pretty difficult. (laughs) 
to avoid the tension that is so obviously in front of us everywhere. In my 41 years of life, I cannot remember a time where there was more situations and conversations that were tense with people that I love, people that I care for, but people that sometimes I differ in opinion from. There's been tension. And maybe that's been your story where you've been trying to avoid that tension, but my guess is it's been next to impossible because over the last 12 months, we have seen probably more tension around racially, charged things, politically charged charged things, pandemically, I just made that word up. But there's been tension all around us. It's in our families, it's with our friends, and yes, it's even in our churches. Now you might have the luxury, you might have the luxury to avoid that. But I personally feel the weight and the responsibility to make sure that I'm always leading us in the direction of Jesus, reminding us that as followers of Jesus, We need to filter everything that's happening in front of us through the lens of our faith, not our feelings. Friends, Jesus didn't come into this world so that you would feel better. He came into this world so that we could be better. Does anyone want to be better than what they're seeing happening around them right now throughout our world, throughout our nation, throughout our city? And what happens is this tension will begin to build for you if it's tethered to something that you're really passionate about, something that you're motivated, something, some kind of cause, some kind of agenda that you're very, very motivated about. And then you start to align yourself with other people that are motivated by the same things that matter to you. And then we kind of get these little tribes. And these tribes, they have a platform. And sometimes what happens is our greatest efforts and passions are devoted to these platforms. But if our greatest passion and our highest platform is devoted to anything other than the gospel of Jesus, we will only add to the chaos around us. Can I say it again? If our greatest passions and our highest platform is devoted to anything other than the gospel of Jesus, we will only add to the chaos around us. And so if you'll give me a moment, what I want to attempt to do for the rest of our time together is I want to bring us back into alignment. I want to bring us back into alignment with God's gospel being the center focus of our life and of our faith and of our greatest passions. And I want you to stay with me until the end because if you don't, you will likely come away with the wrong conclusion. So let me start here. As followers of Jesus, racial injustice, it's not our platform. Honoring police, it's not our platform. Empowering women, in ministry or empowering women at all is not our platform. Abortion, it's not our platform. Serving the poor, it's not our platform. The gospel is our platform. Can I get an amen this morning? And if anything other than the gospel is getting the best of your passions, it is no longer a platform, it is an idol. Take a picture of that. Stay with me. But, since the gospel of Jesus is our platform, then we should naturally serve the poor in our community. We should naturally champion the life of, from people in the womb to the tomb. We should elevate and empower all women to use their God-given gifts. We should honor the police and other civil servants who protect us even when we're not in support of them, which is a travesty. We should fight against any, listen to me, if the gospel is our main platform, we should fight against any racial injustice or any notes or hints of racism anywhere because it's challenging the very notion 
that we're all made in the image of God. And if I'm scared or if you're scared to speak up against racial injustice because you fear that that man, then people will think I'll hate cops, the enemy wins. And if I'm scared or you're scared to speak up about our support for the police, because if we do, that means we don't care about racial injustice, the enemy wins. And if I, as a spiritual leader, stay silent for fear of making some people upset or uncomfortable this morning, the enemy wins. And if you're dismissive of any part of this conversation, the enemy wins. I did not get into ministry so that I could step aside and allow passively the enemy to take ground. And he is taking ground right now in this area. And so I want to do a couple things. In the last service, I did this a little bit differently and I asked people to stand up. This time, I'm not going to ask you to stand up, but I want to call out a few groups of people. And when I say call out, I want to honor you. If your skin color is any different than mine, if your ethnicity is anything different than American, I want to let you know that we see you. And it would, I would be remiss in this Church Hurt series if if I didn't acknowledge that historically in the church and maybe even currently in the church, we have caused some hurt because we didn't see you. And we didn't listen. If you're black, brown, Asian, other, of any other ethnicity, if we, if we maybe spoke up and shared our opinion before we took the time to sit down and listen, I'm sorry. If along the way you felt like there was a lack of empathy within this church or any other church, if you felt like you were being set aside because, oh, no, 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 racism, that's a thing of the past. Like, you need to stop bringing that up. Whatever the case may be, if that is represented in your story at all, if we've contributed to any of that at all, if we simply have just not sat down to listen to your story and your experience, I repent of that right now, and I want to let you know that I'm sorry. And so for the rest of us, will you join me in showing the people that are black, brown, Asian, of any other ethnicity, that we see them and we honor them this morning. If you're watching online, we honor you this morning. Charlie, go ahead and come up here with me really quick. Charlie is on our management team here at Trace. He's a police officer here in our city. He oversees our response team every single week, uh, which keeps you safe and me safe and your kids safe. And he has a group of incredible people, many who are police officers who actually walk around and make sure that everybody that comes to Trace any given Sunday is safe. He's, yeah, if you want to go ahead and clap, you can. He's a friend of mine. He's a horrible fisherman, but he's a good friend of mine. And I said this last time, and Charlie, I really <clears throat> hope you uh, know how much I mean this. And for those of you, and I'm going to go ahead. We've got a few police officers here with us. If you're, if you're in law enforcement, will you stand up no matter what branch of law enforcement? Uh, if you'll stand up, I want to let you know. Don't call, Well, you can clap. You're clapping too soon. We're going to clap here in a minute. If... 
throughout this last year, and I can't imagine what it's been like to be a police officer, but throughout this last year, if our lack of speaking up and letting you know how much we honor you, if our lack of empathizing, if our lack of prayer has caused any of you uh, any hurt, I repent of that and I apologize. And I'm committed, we are committed in both regards to do better. And so now will you help me in honoring our police officers that not only are here in our city, around the nation. Thanks, brother. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father through me. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. And as Christ followers, he's our way. And listen to me, it's a much better way. Jesus not only came to give us eternal life, don't miss it, he came to make us better at life. And following Jesus oftentimes does not afford us the opportunity to choose a side. And if we're following Jesus, you will actually follow him, not all the time, but a lot of times you will follow him in what I call the messy middle. And as someone who is committed to a better way, I want you to know that I will always stand with those who are fighting against racism. And as someone who is committed to a better way, I will always stand with our law, law enforcement and other city officials that are protecting us, oftentimes without even our support, which is a travesty. Now, let me be clear. Do I take up either platform in solidarity as my own? No. Do I see flaws in both platforms? 100%. I've had disagreements with friends of mine who are pastors and also black. And um, throughout this year, I've been on a journey just listening to them. And at times I've seen them and I've watched them and I've observed them say things in such a way that did not represent the kingdom of God and I've challenged them on it. Throughout this year, I've had many conversations with police officers, some who completely disregarded that racism is even a problem anymore. And I got in their face and I said, you're not listening. And I challenged them on it. You see, if we wanna follow Jesus, we don't have the luxury of choosing sides. And if we want to follow Jesus, I promise you, most of the time he will lead us to a messy middle, but that's where the tension is. That's why we try to avoid it. We feel so much safer if we just jump into a tribe, because if we jump into a tribe, now we've got people that got our back. And so we jump into these tribes in complete solidarity, even dismissing things that we probably even don't agree with. Thus, listen to me, thus the polarization that is plaguing our nation. Because when we jump in one tribe, you know what that means? It means you're in complete opposition oftentimes to another tribe. Thus the polarization that is plaguing our nation. No one wants to be in the messy middle. But if you're committed to a better way, the Jesus way, oftentimes that's where he's going to lead you. One of the most demonic demonstrations that I see happening in our country right now is that if we support one thing or if we speak up for one thing, that means we're automatically against the other, even labeled as anti the other. 
And why this is such a huge win for the enemy is because if we get in one camp or we ascribe to one tribe, and that means that we're anti the other tribe, well, in this other tribe, there's people. So if we're ascribing to this tribe that says we're anti that tribe, that means we're anti people. But if we're committed to following the way of Jesus, Jesus is the most pro-people person that you'll ever meet in your life. And sorry for those of you on the front row, I'm spitting like a madman this morning. You'll never meet anybody that's more pro-people than Jesus. And so this notion, this idea that by being in one camp, we're going to be anti another camp, which includes people, is not the way of Jesus. And we have to be committed to being better because this kind of dichotomous thinking is of the devil. It's driving wedges between families, between races, and between Christians. And I wanna let you, you know, as your pastor, I'm not anti anyone. I'm pro people. Now, what that doesn't mean is that I won't make a stand and stand for the things that I feel the word of God has clear, clearly communicated and stand on principle and truth because I will. But when did standing on principle and truth mean that I'm anti another person? This binary way of thinking, I'm telling you, it's of the enemy and he's gaining ground. So I'm gonna enter the fray a little bit this morning and I wanna give you some real examples of how this should work. It's not uncommon for me at times to be in circles and settings where I meet somebody that would identify in the LGBTQ community. Some of you may be represented in this room. And once they find out that I'm a pastor, at times, not all the times, but at times it's happened where it's like, oh, you're a pastor, so you must be anti-people like me. You must hate people like me. And I want to look at them, and I have. And maybe when I say them, it's you. And I want you to be able to look at them and say, can I stand on my convictions and and also still love and honor you as a person? Because I can do that but you're also going to have to let me do that. I wanna be able to sit down and I have with women who have had abortions. And instead of demonizing them for maybe one of the hardest decisions they've ever made, still stand on my convictions that I'm pro-life from the womb to the tomb, but let them know that I care about their story. And that, that was probably one of the hardest things that they ever done. And I'd like to hear how that, how that would impact them and how I can maybe lead them to a place of healing. I want to be able to sit down, and I have, with Muslims who obviously believe something completely different than I do, and maybe let them know up front, like, hey, (laughs) I think you're wrong, but I don't want to be your enemy. And so I'd love to hear how your faith journey has shaped your life. I still may want to tell you about Jesus at the end of it. Can we do that? Yes, we can. I want to be able to allow Patriot fans to come here without feeling persecuted. No, I don't. Uh, We need one of those calendars, like in the workplace that says, you've had 25 days since your last accident. It's been 15 days since Aaron last mentioned something about Patriots. Since when did speaking up for one thing mean that I have to disparage another? 
Since when did me standing up for one thing mean that I'm anti another? This binary approach to the issues of our day, guys, has created a complete disregard of dignity for one another, and it is poison to the peace that we should be trying to keep with one another, even in our, dis, our disagreements. Trace, I really do believe, and I don't use this kind of language often, I really do believe that this is demonic, it's of our enemy, and he's gaining ground, but we can be better. We can be better. In John's gospel, Jesus has this famous encounter with a Samaritan woman at a well. And he lets her know that he knows what's happening in her life. You see, she's sleeping with a lot of men who aren't her husband. And he lets her know, and he uses this well and this water as a metaphor to kind of represent something new to her life. And he says, listen, if you want to keep drinking from that source, it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave you thirsty. It's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you going down a path that really leads to nowhere. But I have a different source. In verse 13, he says this. He says, everyone who drinks this water, and he's pointing to the water that she's drinking, the decisions that she's making, the platforms that she's maybe speaking from, her own desires and opinions and passions that she's following. Everyone who drinks this water, he says, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Instead, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is letting us know here that there is a better way and that if we'll choose that there's a different source for life that we can tap into on a daily basis that not only leads to eternal life, but leads us to a better way of life. So let me ask you a question. I want you to ask yourself a question. What source are you drinking from on a daily basis? What source are you drinking from? Are you drinking from Fox News or CNN or a certain Facebook or Instagram personality that you follow? Is it the Republican Party or the Democratic Party? Is it your friends? Is it a, is it a tribe that you ascribe to? Is it your family? Are those the sources in which you drink that ultimately tell you how you're supposed to think? Is that your source? Or... Do you drink from the source who breathed all creation, all creation into existence? Paul said when he wrote to the Colossian church in chapter two, he said, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that, everybody say so that. Okay, I'm gonna read it again. Next time I wanna hear a lot louder. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love they may have the full riches of ready, complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Jesus Christ, stay with me, in whom are hidden all the treasures, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which sounds like a more credible source to drink from to you. So I'm asked again, what source are you drinking from? When you speak, when you respond, when you react to something that you see happening in front of you, which source are you drinking from? When you're about to post something on social media, what source are you drinking from? When you decide to stay silent, what source are you drinking from? When you choose a side, when you ascribe to a tribe, 
what source are you drinking from? You see, Jesus, when he came into this world, yes, he came to bring us eternal life, but he also came to bring us a better way of life. And depending on the source that we drink from, we can make the world around us. We can't change the world, but we can change the world around us. But if we choose the wrong source, then we will only add to the hurt that Jesus came into this world to heal. Let me pray for us. Father, I'm probably speaking for everyone to some extent when I say we're out of alignment. I'm probably speaking for everyone when I say we have stopped allowing the gospel to be our primary platform. We stopped allowing our faith to be the primary filter in which we see everything that is unfolding in front of us. So God, I pray today you would bring us back into alignment. And Father, I believe that begins with repentance. And so as we enter into this time of response, God, I pray that you would show us clearly what we need to repent from and what we need to turn to, the source of living water. I pray this in Christ's name, amen.